0: Welcome to Tribe of Two, the officially unofficial podcast for Star Wars The Mandalorian, a Disney Plus streaming service. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 5, titled Chapter 13, The Jedi. Uh, Aaron, before we get started today, I just wanted to do a quick shout out, uh, because there's a big, big sad news in the Star Wars universe today. Mm. uh, Or actually yesterday. Uh, David Prowse, the original, the OG Darth Vader, the guy in the suit. Um, who you never Roddy got boy. to see, uh, literally never got to see. He was just the guy in the suit Died uh, over the weekend. So
1: that's there a couple. Like if, if you hunt up the old non-special editions, you can actually see some of his eyes and probably the star- and a new hope. I think I think I remember a lot of uh, web pages in the 90s asserting that fact. I mean, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless he was, you see a little bit of his orbital socket bone sticking out through a, a, a glass bubble, you, you don't get to see him. Yeah, and people are probably thinking,
0: uh, what, they took his helmet off? No, no, unfortunately, that's not David Prowse. He was kind of pissed about not being able to uh, portray the helmetless Darth Vader on screen. But
1: Yeah, I, I still, I kind of side with him, but, uh, you know, uh, he brought a lot of the physicality. A lot of you were, if you were menaced and found uh, Darth Vader terrifying is because of his physical stature and imposing nature. Yeah. And uh, his working his ass off on the stunts. So, uh what what a life! What a legend! He accomplished a lot, not just through Star Wars. Um, For but, sure, uh, interesting interesting guy.
0: Uh, so, let's get over to the Mandalorian and the new Star Wars. Uh, what do you think of this episode?
1: Uh, I thought this episode was really good. It was very stylish. Um, it uh, showed a Jedi in a way I haven't seen before, like uh, from the from the POV of the antagonists. They, <laughs> Ahsoka is essentially venge a vengeful ghost in mm-hmm. this, and especially the early going of this episode. Um, and I like how they continue to find new ways to do cool, like alien landscapes and whatnot. Um, you know, it's Oberon Martel gets a Beskar spear. That seems to be really exciting. Uh, if sure. Pedro Pascal remembers any of his twirly twirls <laughs> that he got and, and previous, uh, fantasy experience over on Game of Thrones. Yeah. Good. I mean, uh, if
0: Overin had had a helmet like that, a different story, entirely different story. But
1: I mean, I, I don't know what you think, but like before I toss the ball over to you, I'm like, the two things that I think are the one that the, the things that, that struck me weird in this episode are one, I didn't expect Beskar to be this strong. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Uh, maybe we can talk more about that. And also, uh, Baby Yoda's name oof uh i'm grogu i'm not super anti this name but a lot of fan base is a lot of people are i I don't know how much of this is just you know people having fun at the mandalorians expense and how much of this is like oh broccoli tastes bad to our fan tongue and (laughs) we'll you know figure out a way to put some cheese on it uh properly salt it maybe roast it in some garlic uh some some garlic butter and some salt and pepper but uh what do you stand on that? I guess, what do you think of the episode? What do you think about those two issues?
0: Oh, I mean, yeah, the, I didn't have a huge problem with the, the best spear being strong enough. I, I like, there are things in the star Wars universe that will deflect a lightsaber, right? Um, sure. Energy weapons of certain types will do it. Uh, fine. There's a metal that will do it too. That's okay with me. Uh, Grogu. Grogu is not a good name. It's not a good name for anything. Uh, it's almost acceptable as as the name of an old uh whatever species yoda is that 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 i could almost buy this baby like mm-hmm. the name grogu it feels like i'm a prelude to, a prelude to vomiting like oh grogu <laughs> oh grogu <laughs> yeah i just like every time it comes out of my mouth i feel like something is wrong uh i don't like it i, I really don't like it
1: I don't know Yoda Yaddle Grogu it it's it does sound like a more of a, a big rocky based alien it's it feels like one yeah. of the guys that the Thor was palling around in on with Ragnarok the guy that was voiced by uh, uh Taika Waititi you know like sure. that, that that that's a that's a Grogu right there in fact that might be his name Grogu yeah uh but I don't know. It's not terrible. you know, Grogu. It kind of sounds a little bit like Alien Baby Talk. The, the goo part uh, does. Yeah, it's the grow part. I think that's really getting me. Goo goo gaga Grogu. I I I also think that regardless of our reactions to the name, I really am charmed by Baby Yoda's uh little little chirp of delight that he gets every single time that someone uses his proper name. Uh huh. So you know, I wish what? my cat would do know. that, but my cat definitely doesn't do that. It barely responds to anything. <laughs> I I just live in a world of like Jar Jar and Ahsoka Tano and Bo, uh you know uh Bo Katan Katana Bo uh, Din jarin. It's like Jabba Jabba the Hut. You know, there's there's a lot of uh, a a lot of funny names and mm-hmm. Jawa... There's a lot of funny names in Star Wars, and I don't know if this is anywhere near the, the worst offender. I think it's just that we were really attached to Baby Yoda. But... That, for sure. Um, and I guess we expected some... I, I don't know. I expected
0: something a little more baby-like, a little less rock monster-like. Um, it, we'll get
1: used to it. Everyone will get used to it, you know? I The other thing is, like, do we have to stop calling him Baby Yoda? Because, like, Mando's name's not Mando, but everybody calls him Mando. Sure. Like, yeah, I mean, if you, you could, know, the,
0: the only reason I'm switching over to Grogu is because it's easier to type in my notes.
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> see, I've just been by. Uh, okay. So, but then sometimes you get the extra B, and you're thinking, I get confused. Like, oh, is this before the Battle of Yavin? What is this a? Is this a remark about dates? Or yep. is it no? I, I, yeah, I, I guess I was just. um I saw everybody cuz I was late watching the episode. Um, I had a whole bunch of stuff I was doing with the family on Friday and when I finally got and I'd, I'd but I'd seen the burbling of discontent through the community. Oh, by the way, everyone's terrible at keeping spoilers. I'm I'm especially cast in shade at everybody uh, working in a professional Star Wars commentary fa- fashion that does the non-spoiler spoiler. Mm. Like, "Oh, uh, you know, we can't tell you about who what the momentous uh, appearance that we've all been expecting that happened this this episode, but uh, <laughs> he he like come on come yeah. on what the it's it's either Boba Fett or or Ahsoka you gotta Where, get those what are we clicks man you're not getting clicks by saying something big happened this week you know you
0: gotta you fuck gotta me specific. for not watching
1: the fuck me for not watching the episode in the first 24 hours of it being released I guess right but I um, mean that's really your fault but yeah I I, I saw that there's a lot there's a great disturbance of the force so it wasn't just David Pross Uh, leaving uh, his mortal coil. It was people's reaction to baby Yoda's name. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, And and as far as the Beskar armor, um, I don't have a problem with it being invulnerable. As you mentioned, there's been lots of like, there's like a half dozen Wikipedia, Wikipedia articles about like lightsaber resistant materials, catorses, ore. if you played the Jedi Knights and dark forces games, you know, as a big part of uh, that, that whole Canon, um, it's more of just like I think it'd be cooler if the Beskar would show some kind of scorching or damage, especially uh-huh. like with the lightsaber. Like, I don't maybe not penetrate, but can it can I get some glowing marks where that take a several seconds to dissipate? Because it really begs the question, what the fuck dented Boba Fett's helmet?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a
1: good question. Maybe a, another Beskar weapon. I don't. I mean, there's two canon explanations. Oh, that'd be interesting. Like a Beskar steel, like a physical impact of of other Beskar. Yeah, like he got hit um, with the Beskar spear. Sure, why not? As far as I know, there's there's two quasi canon suggestions of how uh, Boba Fett, and then one actual reason. Uh, the, why Boba Fett has a, has a a dent in his helmet. Um, there was this unreleased episode of Clone Wars that Dave Fellini screened at a Comic-Con a few years ago. It was just like animatics of it, but he intended to have this uh, Cad Bane character who you've probably seen his concept art. He's like this um, uh, kind of like blue-faced, red-eyed dude with uh, like a, a, a big, wide-brim, circular kind of Western hat, bounty hunter figure. Okay, and, not uh, the blue he, face, he, red-eye guy I'm thinking of. Okay. Not Thrawn. Not okay. Thrawn. But imagine Thrawn in, like, a spaghetti western black hat, and and you're not too far off. And uh, this guy squares off against Boba Fett as a young man, and they have uh, a, a, essentially the exact same um, standoff that Mando and Michael Bain had this, this episode. And they shoot each other, and they both go down, and Mando's, or that Mando... Uh, Boba Fett's helmet saved him. The other one is from a comic book um, called uh, some some comic book series. Shit, I forgot to write down the name. Where Fett and Vader had a little bit of a tiff, and Fett drew down on Vader and shot at him, and Vader deflected the bolt, which (laughs) right back in his his face. Okay, the only thing that can dent a Mandalorian's armor is a Mandalorian's own weapon. Apparently, sure. Um, But yeah, the real reason is when they cast Boba Fett's uh, helmet in resin, it developed a blister. And instead of redoing the whole cast, they decided to just like you know what put a dent there, and uh, huh. Boba Fett had a, had a had a dent in his Beskar helmet. So who knew forty years later it all will come back on him? Um, I, I do, I do think it'd be cooler if like the. The, the, the best guards, like yeah, if it's bulletproof and lightsaber proof, that's cool. But because uh, it's not like he can just tank everything, like there's not enough best guard to cover his whole body, there's still some skill involved in deflecting it. But I do, I, I do wish just from a aesthetic that there was some kind of sign that, like, damn, you know, maybe this the, it, it, the lightsaber stressed it some somewhat. It's weird to me that it's just like this stuff is just shiny and new it never gets never gets damaged anyway yeah there, there's also the element of uh, what's the
0: opposite of power creep d d de- de- creep like d- yeah. they keep doing weak, this with the weak, jedi. weakening
1: creep <laughs> uh, and they,
0: they do it twice in this episode with the jedi like okay mm. now you got the Besker armor which can deflect the jedi's weapon uh but not only that you've also got a jedi facing off against a normal ass person as best i can tell and not handily whipping their ass uh I always hate when they do that. Like it was kind of okay with Grievous where like he's got six arms, he's got lightsabers. He might be force sensitive. Like that, that was borderline for me um, Uh that a couple of Jedi couldn't take him down. But like, this is a, just a regular woman as far as I can tell. Yeah. She's evil. She's part of the empire uh, built, you know, their Navy. But like, that just seems to undervalue the Jedi's skills so preposterously that yeah. you, you risk like didn't. making them not special. When I see a Jedi on screen, I want to go, oh shit, they're going to have a really hard time dealing with this, where if they can just pin down a Jedi by having a one-on-one duel with them, just a normal person who's maybe okay, good at martial arts, whatever. Uh, it, d- it doesn't do a lot for the Jedi standing, in my eyes.
1: Yeah, it's... Um... It's an interesting choice. And I thought that they could get around that by suggesting that she has done like force training under some obscure, you know, legends character that was in Clone Wars or whatever. And right. you know, like something kind of like the same way they did with um but but you're right, Grievous, you know, he's cybernetically enhanced, he's got the four arms, he's got the four lightsabers. Um he was trained by a Sith master, Sith Lord, you know, in, in the art of lightsaber dueling. Um yeah. It is, it is, it is weird. It is weird. It's the, the Ahsoka got a little warfed in this episode. Yeah, for sure. But, for um, sure. Yeah. uh
0: yeah. Uh, uh, but overall, like, I, I think stylistically this episode is really, really good. Like you said, I love the landscape that they made here. Um, all this, this burnt out, you know, what used to be a forest. Um, now it's just covered in like a fog and this funk. It's all destroyed and desolate except for this one. I,
1: I guess this one, uh, civilization here. Yeah. I wanted to before we talked uh, got to the episode proper talk about this feedback I got from uh, Jeremy. Uh, He had this uh, uh, question after the last podcast. Uh, He says, I wonder if the show is suffering from too high expectations from fans. Given the episodic nature of the show, it seems like fan theories with a lot of interconnectedness or big character reveals might fall flat or not happen. Is Ahsoka going to be in multiple episodes? Is Boba Fett coming back? It seems like there's a lot of fan favorite characters who are not slated for a lot of screen time, at least in season two. I think it's clear to me that Disney intends to do with the Mandalorian universe what they did with the with the Marvel Cinematic Universe that I would be shocked if we're not see in 2021 an announcement of a Cara Dune New Republic Detective or New Republic Police you know, border police woman, Marshall Cara Dune, uh, in, in late 2021, we'll see Rosario Dawson's going to be headlining and Ahsoka Tano. They're just going to do all the clone wars, rebel stuff, live action. Um, it's going to be lavishly buzzed, but budgeted It's going to be lightly plotted and crucially, it's going to interconnect with each other. Like they're going to have a crossover episode, an episode or two every season so that you essentially have to watch Disney. (laughs) uh star wars stuff on disney plus all fucking year long um and i think it's it's brilliant but it's also something that scares me because i don't know that i want to watch star wars all the damn time um i don't know if i want a podcast about it you know yeah like i don't i, I don't really want to try
0: and keep up with the lore of uh a year-round multi-show star wars in uh, universe yeah. you know Like I it's it's this show is whatever it's fine. It's mostly a kid's show. It has some cool action pieces. Uh, The the you know Star Wars feel of it is dead on. But like I I like Mando because I like the Mandalorians. I don't know anything about Bookton. I'm not like I'm not a uh, like Star Wars animated series fan. So like all of these new characters like Ahsoka Tano. They didn't do enough with her in this episode to make me care if they try and spin that off. Of, of course, they introduce, you know, the old stuff like Admiral Thrawn, which. See, uh, that's how they get you. <laughs> I know that that kind of gets me. But like Cara Dune, I guess they've done a fair bit with her in this series and I like her. I don't know if I like her uh-huh. enough to follow her onto her own, you know, version of Justified or whatever uh, in space. Maybe I mean, they'd have to cool. have a stellar first episode to really knock my socks off.
1: And that's the thing, like, I feel like is if you're a Gen Xer or millennial parent that has kids in the Star Wars, like, you know, Goldilocks zone between four and 14 uh, or or whatever, like, this is a fucking golden era of you being able to, like, cozy up with your kids on Saturday morning and watch, like, the show that we always dreamed of as kids. Mm -hmm. Um but like, I don't know, I, it's just it's interesting to see if like the hardcore Star Wars fans um, that are not in that demographic, the dad and mom demographic will continue to watch like a year long thing or like once the specialness of like, oh, my God, look at this excellent Star Wars. It's fun. And it's like, yeah, you know, kind of dipping into Western motifs and stuff. Uh, if, if that. Kind of like, you know, AMC did at The Walking Dead, like once you start spinning stuff off and it becomes less special, like, oh, yeah, it's Halloween and a zombie shows is on. Oh, am I going to get up for a zombie show in March, especially if it's it, it, it remains to be seen. But clearly, clearly that's the plan. I would be yeah. shocked shocked if we don't hear anything about this in 2021, especially once COVID, like they get that off there and they can yeah. go full on production. Like it seems like that's that's what works so well with Marvel. And that's another way because I think Star Wars, the movies, are kind of at a real crossroads, but boy, you can build up a huge amount of momentum if you play this thing, kind of start this low button, you know, it's this big budget, but low budget compared to movie stuff um and build that into and then you know once a year or every other year you get a, a mandalorian film that kind of caps off like an avenger style arc for the character i could see that making a hell of a lot of money and a hell of a lot of sense um, and, and to the, the brain trust there that is the content that disney plus needs i think disney plus launched
0: with not a lot of content um yep Yeah, much like, you know, an Apple TV or whatever, they didn't have, like, yeah, they have this deep back catalog of movies, but it's nothing, nothing compared to what Netflix has, compared to what HBO has, right? Like, they have decades of producing television constantly. So, like, Mm -hmm. uh, and Netflix has, you know, just this slate of, like, we're going to release five shows every week and blow your mind with content. So, Disney Plus is kind of lagging behind in that department, and I think okay, maybe they can't catch something like a Netflix, right? With its production output, or I mean, maybe they could eventually, but if they can't do it right now, what they can do is do a lot of, uh, you know, a, a good amount of very high profile content. And I think they're trying to do that with stuff like, you know, WandaVision and this show, the, um, it's, it's a good move for
1: them. And they, it's kind of a move they have to make soon. Yeah. Especially since, like, a you know, we we mentioned about them being at a crossroads of the Star Wars franchise theatrically. But you could say the same thing about Avengers, you know? Like, they're going to try to rebuild the hype from, you know, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, and the Guardians of the Galaxy. And, you know, go from there. Like, it's not quite Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor, you know? The Hulk. Um but but yeah, I think they can do it and it, it seems like Disney Plus is a great base to do that from, but we'll see if they can do it, you know, cuz uh um they they there's a lot of excitement about them cranking up the Star Wars floodgates at the beginning of the the movie stuff and that looked like it was going real well at the beginning, um yeah. but you know if you get if you get too greedy uh and you don't you don't sweat the details, you don't sweat the plot, you know, the like as like I said, you can Clearly, people are not expecting fucking Breaking Bad or The Wire from The Mandalorian, but they are expecting love and respect for the world mm-hmm. and the characters and the the Star Wars feels. And as long as they continue to do that, uh, they'll probably they'll probably be all right. Yeah. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise.
0: What a wonderful day.
1: It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. We need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for
0: children under 13. All right, let's get into the episode. Uh, We start with the cold open. Speaking of Breaking Bad, uh, a Jedi fights a bunch of... Troopers, I, I don't know what to call these guys because I'm, yes, I think they're Imperial based on their uniforms and based on what we find out about the magistrate later, but I don't know what faction of Imperials we're dealing with here. Um, but they're in a burned out forest, uh, seemingly, and a couple of them are waiting for her to be killed. Uh, the Jedi here kills her way up to where the Imperials are, and when they tell her that the uh, people will suffer because of what she's doing. She says, "Okay,
1: fine. Give you you got one day to surrender or you'll face the consequences." It's funny cuz you know when I heard a forest world I'm thinking, "Oh, we're going to go to indoor." But it's interesting <laughs> because this this is like a Japanese feudal castle planet. Yeah. That's environment consists of nothing but World War 1 era no man's land. Yeah. Like that's exactly and but yet somehow when the magistrate fall, fell there was instantly blue skies at the end. I like how you know, she was putting out a, like, uh, World War One crater filled with toxic sludge air. Like, everyone's wearing gas masks and shit, and you just, you know, you get her out of the way, and, and blue skies ahead. Yeah. Um, she had a funk. But th- this was a really neat way to film a Jedi. Like I said, from the uh, point of view of the antagonist, like, Ahsoka is this, this vengeful ghost. She disappears into mist, and... You Know, uh, she uh, reappears and vivisects you with these terrifying blades of light and just works her way methodically. Um, mm-hmm. really like that tree trunk bisection combination force pull, like, you know, she, she's really, really powerful. Um, yeah, but, but like. You know, uh, it is interesting that she mows through like a dozen guys and then gets to the big bad and says, all right, you, Mm -hmm. you got one day to reconsider your evil ways. Like, did she come up to each one of these guys like the day before and whisper, I'm going to come through and kill your boss tomorrow. Call in sick. So she's like, these guys, (laughs) she just assumed these guys were all in because like these guys, none of these got none of these working stiffs got, got the one day to reconsider your evil ways speech. No, they got, these Jedi. They got one blade. If they were lucky, might have got two. Yeah.
0: Might have got two at the same time. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's one of the one of the several problems I have with the basic uh, plot and structure of this. Like, also, if you're willing to murder your way up to the gate, you probably could have just got on like the comm link or something and said, "Hey, you got one day to surrender, uh, right? And I'm coming for you."
1: Like give the warning it's without having droid. to murder
0: a bunch of people.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, like didn't she see what Luke did to Jabba? Like, there, this is this is uh, this is a solved Jedi issue. You just send an astromech droid with your insane threats slash demands, and you let the crime lord reject them. Then you come in and murder your way through. Uh, when when you gave everybody fair fair warning, fair game. But uh, you know, Soka, she's she's old school. Doesn't doesn't do that. Nope. Uh, you know what else Soka is.
0: She's Rosario Dawson, which was really cool to see. You know, we had heard um, some some talk that Rosario Dawson was going to be in this season along with Michael Bain, And we get to see both of them this episode, which I thought was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I thought um, I was concerned about how she would portray because like I think Ahsoka could in, you know, sometimes live action to Twi'leks look a little ridiculous and she's not like a Twi'lek. But no, she is no, another right. species that has those kind of fleshy protuberances off her. And I'm like, I wonder how that's going to translate that to live action. And Lazarus is like, but, you know, I've watched a little bit of Clone Wars. Like me and Jack back in the day watched the first two or three seasons before we kind of drifted away from it. Yeah. And I've revisited it, watched a couple of their episodes that the that, uh, that people have recommended me to. She's a really good Ahsoka Tano, man. I thought She so. like really captures a lot of the subtle like facial expressions. Like she's got the same basic like structure and you you, you slap some orange on her and you put that headdress tentacle things on and it's fucking yeah. Ahsoka Tano. What are you going to do? Turns out Rosario Dawson's a no shit actor. <laughs> she knows what yeah. she's doing. Uh, When did Michael Bane get old? Yesterday. Because he. The, the day yeah, before they shot yeah. this. Yeah. They 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 throw the imperial flak jacket on him and he just like gained twenty years because I felt like I saw him in something a year or two ago and I'm like yeah because that's kind of like how I measure my own mortality stick is like you know how badass <laughs> how old is Michael like Bain. Wa- yeah exactly it's <laughs> like I remember this guy kicking ass in Terminator when I was like eight years old if if he can still be a badass so can I it's oh boy yeah. the clock's ticking the clock's the clock's ticking now because he Steph def- I definitely wouldn't want to tussle with this guy. Um unless I had my own Besker spear and, 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 armor, but, uh, yeah, he's lost a step or two to be fair. Yeah. He's up against Mando and a Jedi, uh, and father time. <laughs> yeah. Not on his side. <laughs> Michael Bay has been kicking ass since the Terminator. So it's, it's been, mm-hmm. it's been a minute. It's been a minute.
0: All right. So then we go to back to our main story here where Mando arrives at Corvus and I'm still calling him baby Yoda at this point. Uh, baby Yoda mm-hmm. wants to play with Mando's knob Hmm. Uh, and uses the force to try to take it. They land, and Mando takes the knob for Baby Yoda, stuffs it in his pocket, and they head into town. Uh, super, That's super cool. cute.
1: Like obviously, mm-hmm. Baby Yoda every time he's on screen is amazing. And and he's got he's uh, really got something for that the stick shift man. He he mm-hmm. likes the shiny ball. You know, and I had it shiny ball.
0: I had it written down as gear shift knob and i realized there's no
1: there's what is this i don't e- i don't even know what this controls i just call it a knob now cuz i think it's funnier that's but. that's the american graffiti blood running through star wars veins, For sure. like the, the the hot rod you know yeah 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 you're like you know the, the fuzzy dice on on the millennium falcons rear view mirror like that's mm-hmm. you're always going to have stick shifts and things like that it's it's some some weird blend of 50s hot rod and world war ii fighter technology always
0: oh yeah and, i mean the fact that it breaks down all the time like that's all like th- that diy fastest, yeah. you know uh, yeah. tuner yeah. kind of stuff
1: Yeah, you've got you got this thing on the bleeding edge of performance, which means you're going to be wrenching on it twice as much as you drive it Um, in a world building uh, note. We talked a a little bit in previous episodes about the WPMs, the Wikipedia articles per minute. Um, I really love the big lumbering like at at Walker looking things in the background that are just wandering this blasted hellscape eating tree trunks. (laughs) Yeah, dude, Uh, it reminds me of like
0: Westworld where they're you know they got these roaming uh, excavators that are just turning like
1: tilling mountainsides right yeah and i'm i'm thinking like so like, oh is that that's interesting like is this some kind of like thing the empire is bred to eat raw wood for planets like this because you get there's no way those things evolved to eat tree trunks when presumably leaves are available uh as i just thought and plus they're like sounding kind of pissed about it like they're not happy to be eating the raw trees but they're doing it anyway uh-huh. um uh, yeah, I thought it was, uh, is a really cool, really cool detail. And they're just all in the background. So, you know, they're just massive, but you can kind of barely see them in the fog. It's, uh, really cool. So then
0: Mando walks up to the gates where that same Imperial dude, whose name is Lang, uh, is guarding mm-hmm. the gates. That's, that's Michael Bain. He asks if Mando is part of the guild, uh, when he realizes he's a bounty hunter, uh, after admiring his armor and then lets him inside.
1: Pretty pretty standard oppressed
0: town, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's terrified. roaming around
0: trying to find trying to find a lead, and people are just like not talking to him. There are too terrified scared
1: citizens, to him. not meeting his gaze and avoiding his questions. Uh, I, I did like you know we talk about how this is so MMO, and him just straight up addressing someone as a vendor. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, you vendor. <laughs> That's kind show of me your wares. Thing. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I need to talk to you, and I either need gear or information. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> are you able to provide me with either? Uh, Perhaps a game of Sabbath, you know, citizens being electro gibbeted on some kind of cyber gallows. uh, It's all all really painting a picture of oppression here.
0: Yeah. um, And it helps to villainize the magistrate even before we find out about her background. Right. Um, Because obviously, like they start with the Jedi being after her, which right away is a bad sign. You, you don't want anybody, right. unless they have a red lightsaber, you don't want anybody, any force sensitive being coming after you if you're a good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so obviously, bad, bad people here. Uh, yeah, and then they've got people they're torturing. Um, I assume for talking to other random people who came yeah. into this backwoods, nowhere town.
1: Uh, I, I don't know what they could have been tortured for for pleasure, maybe. I. Got this guy we got got this guy talking to the last Mandalorian that came through here. Right. A uh, Mr. Fett. Now look at him, yeah. Yeah, they don't illuminate much of that, but he's
0: he's Mando's approached and by guards and taken to the magistrate uh via that road where where people are begging for his help and he's kind of indifferent to it mostly. Mm-hmm. So the magistrate asked Mando to kill the Jedi that threatened her in the cold open of this episode. In return, she offers him a pure Besker spear. He agrees, and they point him in the direction of the Jedi. He's actually careful not to agree.
1: He well, does. He yeah. And and Ahsoka kind I of. I think there's uh, an Im- uh,
0: implicit agreement here.
1: Yeah, he's definitely walking the line, but he's not. He's not at, verbally accepted the contract. And Ahsoka does the same judo move to him later on, and he'll be completely unaware of the irony. Um, but yeah you give you give Pedro Pascal a, whether it's him in the armor or not you give him a give him a spear and uh the the Lord of the Rings uh the the remnants this the smoking remains of the Game of Thrones fanboy that, that lies within me stirred mm-hmm. uh it's uh, I wasn't expecting it like but also like is he going to be carrying that uh cuz he's already got that one long-ass trident disintegrator rifle yeah He's going to be like crisscrossed it's It's going to be running around like the witcher with two of those things sticking out of his back yeah like sure
0: I think that'd be cool um I I I really love like speaking of cute baby Yoda moments he's eyeing whatever's in this pond I'm assuming it's koi, but it's probably not it's probably some Star Wars animal uh Mm. but you know as soon as he sees something moving in the water he's thinking mmm that looks tasty oh yeah so Mando heads out across the desolate landscape in search of the Jedi. And when he arrives at the coordinates they gave him, he's ambushed by the Jedi who turns out to be Ahsoka Tano. Uh She sees Baby Yoda and decides that she wants to talk. Uh, and this is where we, can find, we find out that Beskar can deflect the lightsaber. Some of its yeah, magical I, properties.
1: I, I, like I said, I was, uh, along with other, I think, Star Wars fans, kind of shocked at how effective it was against lightsabers. Because, um, like... Mm-hmm. So before it was called Besker, this was known as Mandalorian Iron, the the alloy that they made their uh things, and they talked about it could distract the, you know, the and deflect strong turbo laser blasts and and uh, other blaster shots. Mm-hmm. Uh and could even, like the lore said, could even deflect a lightsaber blade. Uh but this, it's like it seems like it's completely immune. There's no like yeah. red, there's no scoring, there's no like, you know, uh, this this Beskar shit is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I thought like I read somewhere that someone is trying to explain that it's in some kind of ablative material, which means, uh, you know, part of it vaporizes the, you know, sacrificially to save the person. But like, I don't there's never any scenes of the Mandalorian, like buffing out pits and no. make, shining it all up. It's just completely impervious. Um, So shocking, but we'll see.
0: Yeah. And there seems to be a lot of it in Imperial hands uh like i i don't know that we've seen anybody else have it other than the factions of
1: the imperials that are left so i do wonder how much cuz i was reading in some of the lore that apparently there was a super weapon constructed out of it which implies like of course i don't know there's all kinds of super weapons in star wars like maybe it was something like the size of a toaster that could make a sun go supernova or whatever uh-huh. but like yeah like if and the other thing about the lore that I've been trying to unravel is, like, is, it the, is the material itself rare or is it the alloy process? Kind of like mm. uh, going back to Game of Thrones, you know, they had the Valerian steel. It's not a mystical right. material. It's it's a way of alloying and smithing it that makes it so damn good. So there's the impl- implication that, like, Beskar is not necessarily rare or the material it's made out of. It's just the way it's alloyed and worked um, that, that becomes rare. So. Yeah, gotta uh, forge
0: it in a, a jet engine. Like the... Yeah. <laughs> you do. Down in the sewers <laughs> of whatever <laughs> town he lives in. mm mm-hmm. uh, So Mando watches as Baby Yoda and Ahsoka communicate in silence. And eventually he talks to them, finding out that Baby Yoda is named Grogu. And he was raised in the Jedi Temple until the Empire came to power, which at, at which time he was hidden. Uh, sounds real, real fucking familiar to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Mando asks Ahsoka to help Grogu and uh, she says she'll test his powers in the morning.
1: Okay, so this is pretty huge. Someone knew that Anakin was going to attack the Jedi Temple and hid this guy as a precaution. Or hmm. is this possible? This is like an implanted like is, is clone Yoda off the table? Or is it possible that this kid, a guy is actually reliving recovered memories from like when Yoda was a baby without like, you know, 900 years ago and he was being trained at the temple. I just there's a and I don't know because like the Mandalorian yeah. doesn't think deeply about these questions. But like whenever I, I'm like, wow, someone knew about the Asaph, but like let the other young like you didn't sneak away all the younglings. You could only save the one. This is the most important one. Why was he the most important one? um it answers a lot of questions i'm not even sure if the mandalorian knows it raised yeah yeah um Uh,
0: and you know it doesn't need to answer any questions that it raises either um so it's able to just you know sort of let this stuff as long as it doesn't conflict with what we already know which i have some questions about that especially in this scene but um then they don't
1: necessarily have to even consider them right it's not it's not a flaw like his memory Right, because when the, his memory be- then grew dark, that is a cloak that covers a lot of yeah. shit, man. That implies that his memories are unreliable; it's faulty. They've been tampered with. Uh, you mm-hmm. know that 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 can mean a lot of stuff. And in fact, I I wouldn't be surprised if Filoni and Favro don't know what it means. Yeah, like yeah. it's just something they've got an idea of it, but like that's you know that that's our punt to season three. Those those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, I don't think that this means any of the theories are off the table. Because Star Wars has tons of memory conditioning and and ways you can tamper with people's memory and force alter shit and all. there's there's tons of ways to explain it um, in the canon and quasi canon legend stuff that that I yeah, I don't think anything's off the table. This is new information.
0: Uh, a couple of points here. So I think if they did exactly what I. Was talking about the, the, you know, them having the opportunity to do with Baby Yoda in this episode, which is they can fill in a lot of gaps on specific, call him Grogu, Grogu stuff, uh, and give us more information about his backstory without necessarily revealing anything more about the species. And they did exactly that in yeah. this episode. Uh, the other thing they did, which, you know, we, did, I, I don't know how tongue in cheek this was when we were talking about it, but they got to Ahsoka Tano. Way before they got to Boba Fett, right? We haven't even sniffed yeah. uh, a, a hint of Boba Fett uh, since he showed up in one episode. Uh, the first episode, second episode of the season? I don't know, long time ago. Uh, so yeah, obviously we were wrong about that.
1: It was it was a little tongue-in-cheek, but also I kind of expected them to go there first. Yeah, uh, no, I I would never be shocked for this show to take its time to get to the next plot destination, you know, because yeah. there's a lot of the... The, the, the still cool, but more action oriented filler episodes. And even these that like move the plot forward, it's, uh, they're still hefty doses of action. Very cool. Very cool action.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, so here's my question about, um, the backstory of Ahsoka that they brought up. And I don't know much about Ahsoka and maybe people who do know quite a bit about Ahsoka can write in and tell me, but from what I understand from looking at Wikipedia, she was trained in the Jedi temple on Coruscant, uh, Padawan under several masters, but Anakin Skywalker at one point. And she was there, from my understanding, at the exact same time that Yaddle was also on the Jedi Council on Coruscant. And she says yep. in this scene that she's only ever known one type of being like Grogu, which to my mind has to be false, has to be. Yeah, yeah. Unless she legended. means like, oh, personally, like I never personally interacted with right. Yaddle. Yeah,
1: Yaddle. You know, she was kind of standoffish. Uh, but it's a big stretch for me to go. Really, you didn't
0: even like. You wouldn't even think. Oh, yeah, there were two of those on in the on the Jedi right. Council, like Coruscant.
1: Hmm. Yeah, no. It's a. It's another another interesting thing that I'm, I'm wondering if people will figure out a way to resolve canonically. Because, yeah, 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 maybe Yaddle, maybe Yaddle, uh, did we ever see her in Attack of the Clones? Because it's entirely possible that, uh, you know, uh, Ahsoka had been very small child during mm. the Attack of the Clone era, especially the Phantom Menace era. She might even been born because uh, Anakin's l- quite a bit older than her. Not quite a bit, several years older. So, like, I, I yeah, there's maybe. My, maybe that, that like Yaddle was off fighting the wars or something. And the uh, but uh, she, Clone but War she era. Padawaned under Anakin
0: Skywalker. There's, there's like no way that, and Anakin yeah. Skywalker turns into Darth Vader like r- immediately at the end of the Clone Wars. So she had to be a Padawaning, like, she's in the Clone Wars show, right? So,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, could like she's they the main character? You know, she off on the outer rim. You know, the, the Yaddle out on the, uh, outer rim, not not doing stuff. Main. I, I don't know. It's weird. But then she I, wouldn't I, know Yoda either, know. right? Like, <laughs> I don't know. The, the, yeah. It seems mutually exclusive. Like, if you know Yoda, you know Yaddle. But it's, yeah, okay. It's like so. Is Yoda the chairman of the Jedi Council? Is that kind of like you know he's uh, yeah, like the, the widely the the, the leader. Mm-hmm. um I think so so like I, I if you if you're if you're gonna know one Jedi master as a Jedi apprentice you'd know Yoda but would you know every master especially since there's a lot more masters than the ones that sit on the council I guess sure no nah, you yeah. probably know everyone in the Jedi council you Come have on. to go before them right to even start yeah. your training so
0: yeah sure yeah yeah,
1: yeah. probably I would think so but...
0: anyway um okay the next morning Ahsoka tries to play Jedi catch with Grogu but he's not having it and she senses that he's reluctant to use his powers out of fear. Um and Ahsoka gets Mando to help with the test and he offers to play catch with the knob and it works. And Ahsoka sees that he's formed an attachment to Mando and decides, you know what, that's a good reason for me not to train him because fear or something.
1: I leads to anger, anger yeah. leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. I've I've seen the prequels.
0: Uh so Mando offers to help her take down the magistrate if she agrees to train Gogu uh, Grogu, sorry. Uh, ah- ah- Ahsoka tells Mando about the magistrate's past and they form a plan uh, so this strikes me as like speaking of Anakin Grogu is supposed to be an Anakin analog in some ways or at least that's the threat here right that like yeah seeing sort of the attachment that he had to his mother um, and when she died like leading him down that dark path uh, it seems like Ahsoka is worried that baby Grogu here is going to follow in similar uh form.
1: Yeah, I mean Anakin's The Fall of Anakin Skywalker shook the confidence of better Jedi than Ahsoka, like, you know, yeah. Kenobi, uh Yoda himself. Mm-hmm. Uh there a lot of people like it made them rethink like good god, what are we even doing? And like Ahsoka who you know, as far as I can understand from my memory of the plot and like watching the last few episodes, like Ahsoka late Clone Wars Ahsoka was very disillusioned with the Jedi and they're mm-hmm. involved in their you know uh, military kind of activism. They're getting their and, ass kicked. Yeah, and and just just like the Jedi, like you know, some of the hypocrisy of because like the Jedi Council is the type of people like you know you've heard of the trolley problem where it's like someone's like you gotta you gotta switch you can throw it and if you if you send it to one track it kills one person you send it down the other track it kills five like a, a, a Jedi knight's the type of guy who would fight to that switch through a hundred bad guys and then realize oh... I can't, the switch must throw itself. I can't possibly get involved with the natural. It's Uh like, you know, weird hypocritical prime directive shit that she really felt like got in the way of what was the moral and ethical choice and got really disillusioned. And then the fall of Mm -hmm. Anakin, you know, her old master must have been the the cherry on that shit Sunday. So it's cool that she's kind of like essentially – kyle katarn and there's in there's, there's a yeah, really more like about that. her white lightsabers because i don't remember i've ever seen a white lightsaber and there's a whole novel uh talking about because she she was in the clone wars and she came back for the rebels series and she had white lightsabers and they wrote a novel where they explained kind of like what she did in the meantime and turns out that like and i don't know how much of this is still canon because this falls under the legend stuff but the fact you know, she's in this with the lightsabers mm. that, you know, like the Jedi had all kinds of different lightsabers, but red was exclusively like the Sith because apparently using dark side powers corrupts the crystals within and like stains them this red color. Mm. Um And Ahsoka lost her lightsaber. She buried them when she went into hiding because she's trying to pretend not to be a Jedi, but she needed lightsaber, you know, and when, when she kind of reactivated herself and these Sith started hunting down the remnants of the Jedi she tracked one down, killed him and took the crystals to make her remake her own lightsabers and she had to do a force purification process to reuse these Sith crystals and a bleach them white. Nice. Um which is kind of like, you know, again her Their she's mood not rings, Jedi. Right? <laughs> yeah, she's 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 not her moods no longer Jedi or general but neither Sith. She's very, you know, very Kyle Katarn from uh, yeah. the uh Dark Knight the the dark forces series she's a gray type of jedi a neutral force neutral
0: that's cool Um, yeah i like everything they're doing um with that sort of you know backstory and like the the future of grogu and the potential and the 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 fear you know it's good stuff um she's afraid too what does that mean she's afraid to teach him huh yeah i mean afraid in that way that all jedi are afraid to teach new (laughs) students right (laughs) like it seems like every Jedi they take on a student, they're like, "Oh my god, I'm going to fuck this up so bad. No, I'm going to turn him into the next Darth Vader, the next Emperor."
1: Yeah, it's like if you if you taunt a Jedi, it's like, "Oh, you're afraid to teach this guy." Oh, wasn't that going to lead to that they'd throw back the only Sith mm-hmm. deal in absolutes? Bullshit! They got a they got, <laughs> they, got a, they got a they got a Jedi scripture for everything. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, something I'm less thrilled with is this. You know, she's got a problem that only Mando can solve, but then the cold open just totally nullifies that like you don't need Mando's help you fought your way up to the gates you were within feet of the magistrate you could have leapt up there with your force powers and chopped their head off I don't know that like Mando adds anything to this equation
1: and and I, I actually was starting to because you know again I've recently watched the Clone Wars and I'm like these are not long odds by Ahsoka Tano standards at all a, a, a couple dozen dudes and droids and a, a woman with a stiff spear no yeah um But like when Manda was saying this, she kind of has a sly smile on her face Mm -hmm. as if like, no, she doesn't need the help, but she, this might save a couple, you know, like uh, if it was just her, a couple of these civilians might get killed and he can help out. And also this is part of the path. Like the the hat, because, because she does the same thing to him that he did to the magistrate. She never verbally agrees to any of these terms. He's like, Hey, if you do this, I'll help you. And she's just very neutral. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. She's got her own path. She needs to walk. I, and I think it's more of at the end of the episode, her realizing that baby, you know, fucking Grogu, Grogu yeah. the the brand new squeezable yogurt pouch. Mm-hmm. Uh, he needs this father figure and it'll be traumatic if they're separated at this point to both of them, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of like, yeah, she's going to let the trolley pull its own lever. But uh, Uh, I was
0: losing my mind when when she first agreed to this, because I'm like, are you fucking kidding me that like helping free a few tortured people in this town of nothing is worth potentially creating a new Darth Vader? I'm like, you're going to train this baby to get help chopping somebody's head off. You're insane. And then they reveal that, you know, she's not actually going to help train, train the kid. So I'm I I came back down off of that. But man, I was losing my mind during that scene. (laughs)
1: Yeah, but you're going to risk a dark Yoda for a, a small village. But also, yeah. she's trying to track down Admiral Thrawn. So that's a big, that's a high value target. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. And again, like if she's really concerned about a dark Yoda situation, why give him the red crumb that might lead you to other Jedis? Maybe less scrupulous Jedis, you know? Yeah, like, if she uh, just wants
0: his powers to fade, then tell him nothing.
1: Yeah, like, uh, what, like, what's a mad clone Joris Seboth? Yeah, uh, he's out there. What if he heeds the call? Actually, that'd be fucking interesting—a lunatic Jedi. <laughs> and I, I think like uh-huh. it's still like five years before. This is still a few years before the 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 uh, Timothy Zahn trilogy, right? That's like ten years after the Battle of Yavin. Yeah, so according to Wikipedia, this uh, the uh, the Empire, which is the first appearance canonically of uh, – well, it's not canonically Whatever. It's the first <laughs> time anymore. Grand Admiral yeah. Thrawn was invented, uh, and Joris Seboth or however you pronounce it, um, that, that was nine years after Battle of Yavin. So we're still about three years – yeah, that would be kind of cool. Like, who knows what crazy post-traumatic stress Jedi is going to heed this call. I think that's, that's yeah. an interesting interesting place to take the quest.
0: There's the so she tells him, you know, go to this planet or whatever, um put baby Yoda on put put Grogu on a mountaintop and I I expect like 50 Jedi. Like there's so many Jedi out there in the woodwork. I expect like sure. hundreds of Jedi and all their different ships to come flying down to this planet. They're going to have a big Jedi convention. It's going to be sweet. Uh mm-hmm. like is is this the era of Kip Duran? I, I'm I'm trying to think like the Sun Crusher stuff is happening about now, right? Stuff, like all that stuff is so the Jedi Academy years to trilogy,
1: come. yeah. All that stuff is still after the, the Thrawn stuff, so okay,
0: okay. Because I'm thinking, like, you know, the, the, we could see people from this, you know, this EU that uh is not quite canon but could be remade into canon showing up,
1: yeah, I, sure. And, and you yeah, know, all that stuff is legends now, so they can remix it as they they can take leave and do all kinds, they can twist it. I kind of you know, a lot of people hate the legends things. I actually think it's neat because it's not it's not true. It's just a legend. Legends right. sometimes have basis of truth and and a lot of basis of truth. They're about literal real people, but it's like maybe all the details are wrong. Maybe they're all 100% right. It's taking it into a Warhammer kind of 40K where like everything's true, but not, or everything's canon, but not necessarily everything's true, yeah, yeah. which I think is a cool place for a fandom to be at. It allows people to have arguments that are not just like, mm, yeah, if you see the visual dictionary of 2012, you can see, you know, it's like, oh, well fuck your visual dictionary because that's just a legend. I, I don't know. Yeah, she didn't know Yaddle. It it's just being... a legend. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, a legend of Yaddle. I, I don't think they've legend the actual films, which <laughs> is that's not. the thing that's really <laughs> if, weird about the Yaddle. But... If
0: there is a film they should legend, it's Attack of the Clones.
1: Just legend that thing. <laughs> get it the fuck out of here. Oh, uh, God. George, uh, you, uh, another vein bulges on George Lucas's <laughs> neck. <laughs> We can remake they, they, Attack of the Clones, right? There's the nothing stopping become, them. Yeah, Star Wars Legends now. Yeah, do it. <laughs> let, do it, Disney, we're gonna, I dare we're gonna you. going to let uh, F- Fellini uh, have a... Have a Felloni? Fellini? Yeah. are going to let him have a crack at the remake in the prequels. Why not? Special editions, George. You like those, right? Just, just waiting. We're waiting for waiting for George to die and his corpse to get five years, like uh, some, some some contractual obligations to pass, and they're just going to... special. Yeah, they're going to remake all that stuff. I'm sure. Alright, Mando
0: and Ahsoka attack the gates. The magistrate comes out to greet her with her guards. Uh, Ahsoka claims she killed Mando and demands to know where the magistrate's master is. Uh, Ahsoka draws most of the guards away from the magistrate. Mando flies in behind them. Uh, Ahsoka kills a bunch of them, leads the guards back to the palace uh, where she goes over the wall, leaving Lang for Mando to take care of. And then Ahsoka confronts the magistrate. They battle hand to hand and she holds her own for a while. Uh, so that Lang tries to get the jump on Mando and fails and Mando guns him down. And then Ahsoka wins this fight with the magistrate and demands to know duh, 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 where Grand Admiral Thrawn is. And this
1: is the moment where I was like, oh, okay, fuck yeah. The original blue man himself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a there's a lot of cool stuff like the, you know, her cutting the gong in half. And yeah, love it. Uh, there's a couple scenes of her like unsheathing her blades in the dark, which I thought was really cool. Uh, even the, the bad guys got some cool, like those combat droids, like the little weird acrobatic mechanized flip they do to get onto the roofs. I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. I like seeing like the, the combat droids fight, like IG 11, you know, it's like, uh, it's, it's a, it's, it's a new type of movement I haven't seen before. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good fight scene. This fight scene, uh, there's, there's a lot of, um, uh, I don't know. They they this robe like in the manner of like Darth Maul and Ben Obi-Wan Kenobi getting down to the business. They're fighting on like a Mortal Kombat stage. Mm-hmm. Uh there's a little bit of kill bill in here with the bride squaring off against Lucy Liu. Uh but it's it's a really well-done stunt scene. Um mm-hmm. I like the Michael I like Michael Bay trying to outsmart the Mandalorian and the Mandalorian being too quick for it. Mm-hmm. Uh it's good. It's all honestly uh really good except for like i said i don't know how the magistrate holds her own like this should have been a five second long fight if it's an unaugmented it should have been no precognition i don't care if you've got a beskar death star uh it's not gonna help you at that range you know
0: push her up against a
1: wall and you've got the fight scene done Yeah, force push or force pull the Beskar spear out of her hand, then what's Mm -hmm. she going to do? Freeze the Beskin spear in space, like, uh, you know, rip hunks out. There's all kinds of things you can do against a non-Jedi. Use some of your force premonition shit, like use force speed, like all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, And like I said, maybe we'll find out that Grand Admiral Thrawn's been forcifying some of his, although he seemed like he was all about, I don't know. He's got the Yaslammery. I'm sure the, the lizards oh, right. will the, the force. force blockers, but that's more of like yeah. a, 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 a um, protection against the the Seba fellow. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I wish they had something, because you're right. They they did wharf uh, 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 Ahsoka pretty hard here.
0: Yeah, I expect it won't be the last time either. Like, anytime you have Jedis on the screen, and they're not the main focus, they have to be thwarted a little bit. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, and then, having liberated the city, Ahsoka gives Mando the Beskar spear, and Mando goes back to the ship to fetch Grogu. He's sleeping, so Mando stays with him a while. Eventually, preparing to leave, uh, him with Ahsoka. Can we,
1: yeah. can we talk about this Mandalorian mixed with green sleeves thing that they did in this scene? Like Rin, Rin fair Mando. Rin fair Mando. What are you talking about? I didn't notice. I just like really, kind of like a you know the the. The Renaissance Fair music, Greensleeves, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. They did that with the Mando theme, and it was really kind of like, where is this coming from? This is not a feudal world. Maybe feudal Japan, but... Yeah. Their music didn't sound like Greensleeves, pretty sure. Pretty sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, there are only so many instruments you can use when you're writing a song. (laughs)
1: And they've used a bunch of them already, so why not? Do we have to remix the Mandalorian theme for every, se- every single time. planet and occasion? Yes. Oh, man. That's going to get weird. It's going to get weird, man. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, elevator like... Elevator music, Mando, for the elevator world. I feel like
0: they missed an opportunity with the estuary planet uh, a couple episodes ago where they could have done, like, you know, water music. Like, what is what is it, a theme what with, like, water? bubbles, bubbles popping and waves splashing <laughs> and, like... Shit like oh, that, man. right?
1: Yeah, water music. Some sure. new age
0: new age Mando water music. I'm
1: down. Estuary glug. glug. Estuary rock. Come on. Glug glug, motherfuckers. It's burbling your way. Yeah.
0: To a record Missed opportunity. To you. Call me Falone. All right. She shows up at his his ship, uh Soka does and says she can't train Grogu, but uh there's a Jedi Temple on Tython where he can place Grogu on the seeing stone atop a mountain. And the Jedi might see him there and might come get him, and then Mando takes Grogu and flies away.
1: Um, I think it's interesting that like Rosario Dawson played uh, Ahsoka with this really thoughtful look on her face when the Mandalorian was like hesitating about going back and like, yeah, I guess I got to get, get go back get the little guy and say goodbye. And it's also telling that um he stayed and was cradling. Baby Yoda for God knows how long before she finally interrupted. Him. Like he's having a hard time. Like the detachment goes both ways. And I, yeah. that's the thing. It's like an open question in my mind: how much of this is her truly being afraid to train this dark Baby Yoda, perhaps, and how much of it is just like their path? This isn't this isn't their path yet. Yeah. Um. And this kind of weird. And plus, she's got her own damn mission. You know, like yep. uh she, she's got other things to do other than take out Grand. You know, the the train dark Baby Yoda, but uh I do think, think that there was that th- look on her face and very and she played a, like I said, the enigmatic smile about the Mandalorian saying oh these dozen guys there's that they'll overwhelm even a person as trained as you like shit uh, I, I thought that was cool and I, I think there is still an open question about you know A, will we see her again? Will she have a big part to play in Baby Yoda's life, et cetera
0: yeah they shoot uh, this like um, this is the last time we see her right there's this very like lingering camera away from yeah. the real action of the scene which is Mando taking off with baby Yoda or Grogu um, they shoot it like it's the last time we'll see her I, I don't know if it is um, maybe on this show
1: off. yeah they gave her the, the spin off treatment like she, right. she rides off into the, the <laughs> spin off sunset for sure uh, yeah I'm looking forward to that announcement but that's I, it. I looked around. This this Python, I guess, is a real place in lore. Some Jedi temple. Um, it's not a legend. I don't know much about it. Yeah, it's probably le- it's it's. I mean, I don't know. It could. That's the thing. It's like I'm not clear. I thought it was the ever the Clone Wars, and before that's not live action. That's not the holiday special. Was legend, and, well, yeah, 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 yeah. But the Rebels and forward was, canon. Huh. which means Ahsoka is canon because she was in both. Um, but I don't know. Like, I also, I saw, I, I read an article where they said that they asserted the Clone Wars themselves were also considered canon material, um, the the cartoon Clone Wars. Um, so I, I honestly don't know. But I'm not the type of fan that's going to get bent out of shape if they play fast and loose of which canon they pull from because yeah. I kind of dig the legend stuff. And they're they're making a new way. canon. Like, it doesn't matter, right? Um right 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 so like
0: they said tython on screen now tython is a thing again in in real uh star wars canon uh
1: seeing stones apparently and they're gonna let him reach yeah. out and make psychic contact throughout the the galaxy so mm-hmm. we'll see we'll see who who heeds the call you
0: know now that the threat of the empire is totally gone oh but you know i'm hunting down grand admiral Thrawn, and i'm hunting down uh the person who built the imperial navy like yeah the threat's gone you got uh Fucking I, I don't know, people trying to hunt down Baby Yoda and you're just gonna cast you're gonna broadcast a signal, his location. No problem.
1: I do I love that line from The Mandalorian where she's like, you know, the Jedi the Jedi don't exist anymore, and he's like, Neither do the Empire, and yet they still hunt him. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's the Mandalorian tagline. Like nothing there is no this is the the universe is an upheaval. Like there's there's really yeah. no you know, maybe in the core worlds, you can appeal to some form of government. But like, yeah, it's it's all very much in flux now.
0: Yeah. And it's a continuum. I like I don't I don't think the Empire ever goes away entirely.
1: It's just its power within the galaxy wanes. It is. And I do think that like when when I think of Star Wars Legends, I really think of that stuff that starts with the Timothy Zahn trilogy and, and goes into, Yozung yeah. Von. like all that stuff cannot literally be true. You know, because we saw the new order and there's fact, you know, like, it, right. Yeah, like the red the the alliance essentially loses the post war period and is getting run out of the gym until the, the new sequels come. So, like, yeah, they do need to rewrite some of that history because it just doesn't it doesn't jive. But like taking the cool parts from that and weaving it in, mm-hmm. I think is what they're going to be looking to do. Time for feedback. We can uh, be reached at mando at baldmove.com or you can go on our forums, forums forums.baldmove.com. Your choice. Ross B. first says, hey gang, was listening to your commentary on whether the Jawas and Tusken Raiders were native to Tatooine. Wanted to bring up something from season one of the show. When the Mando goes to the planet he first finds Baby Yoda on, there's also Jawas on this planet. Yeah. If you'll recall... He fights the Jawas and then goes on a side quest uh, later to get them the parts for the ship that they stole. This is when he also gets a signet. I'm not saying the Jawas couldn't be native to Tatooine, but we have an in-universe evidence to them existing elsewhere. Uh, keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Ross. A fascinating question. Yeah. Because that implies, like, imagine, like, like, like a, a desert nomad peoples on Earth, like the like mm-hmm. the the Bedouins. Sure. They get starship technology. Do they go for a jungle planet, a lush water world? No, they want to find a desert planet because that's where they feel at home. That's yeah. where they like, I feel like most know. Bedouins would be like, yeah, let's go to the Oasis planet. We've done this desert wandering for all of our, you know, imagine how much fun we'll have. But the Jawas, yeah. And the Tuskens, like if they're not native to Tatooine, it's just like, you know what? We just we just need a desert planet. You know, we got all these robes It's uh, too hot, too hot on a jungle planet. Uh, I mean, not not warm enough on a on an ice planet. We just got to find a (laughs) desert planet. That's the Goldilocks zone for us. It's it's funny. It could be funny. It could also be really fucking dark. I so the Star Wars canon
0: definitely has slavery in it. The Leia is, you know, uh, sex slave to Jabba. Uh, Anakin's mom is a slave to fucking Watto. Right. I could see. Uh, the Jawas being sort of transported to
1: other desert planets as like, oh Jesus, some kind of slave labor. Like that's how it's like like the, yeah. you know, the Wookiees. Like they're so cosmopolitan because the Empire used them for slave labor. Right. Interesting. Like if we've got a desert outpost, let's move some Jawas out there to start scavenging and re- and reclaiming stuff. Yeah. I, it could be Jesus. really
0: freaking dark, man. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah. you're right. You're absolutely right. There's no like indication that that's necessarily. Uh, Tatooine is their their home world, I guess, or that they're indigenous to Tatooine.
1: Uh, Scott W. wrote in and says, "Hey, it's me, the mythical person who actually loves the midichlorians as a concept." Oh, not know. I was younger; I fell in line with the typical prequels are garbage line of thinking. But at some point, I decided to investigate what were wrong with them. Uh, he parenthetically mentions the secret his munchins parenthetically mentions the secret history of Star Wars by Michael Kaminsky. Uh, as the best source he found for this information through reading through George Lucas's statements, I came to appreciate how bold his vision was, especially when compared to the milquetoast choices of three of the uh, two of the three of the sequel films. Uh, the point of the midichlorians was never to devalue the force. It was a warning of what can happen when the relentless drive of technological progress overpowers spirituality. In fact, it's based on a real world concept, the Higgs boson particle, a.k.a. the God particle. Uh, in the prequels, the Jedi has lived in literal ivory towers. They have stagnated in their opulence. Basing their beliefs around midichlorian counts was the ultimate sign of how disconnected they'd become and how vulnerable they were to someone like Sidious. Um, hmm. What do you think about that? I don't think that's reflected uh, in Yoda,
0: who is sort of the, the ringleader of the Jedi Council. I He always struck me as a guy who very much adhered to the spiritual side of the Force.
1: But even then, the best of he because is that is he the leader because he's got the highest midichlorian counts. That's kind of fucked up. Um, I I look. I think George is brilliant at world building and coming up with stuff like this. It's just no one should ever let him around dialogue or actors for sure. Um, And that's the thing. It's like also when you read George's statements, like he's also a very like I don't know that I fully buy all of his you know Campellian bullshit. Like I feel like he just wanted to make a cool uh, Flash Gordon Republic serial sci fi thing, and then later people like started, hey, you know what? This is some archetypal shit, and this is the hero's journey, and he's like, oh yeah, that's fucking more, give me more of that. Um, but I, but yeah, I, I think he's he is visionary, and he does have a really really solid concepts. It's just that you know that he needs other people to help him realize that wonderful producer, great behind yeah. the. Uh, Good in the editing bay, great behind the camera, but like trying to get an emotion out of people or have them say dialogue that is expository and not dull and believable. That's 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 uh, George Lucas's struggle, I think. Um,
0: Yeah, like I I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with the concept itself. It's just that those movies are so fucking bad. And I know you think they're visionary, but they're fucking awful movies uh, that it just destroys any kind of respect you could have for the concepts within them just yeah. by the, just because of how bad they are. It's like,
1: yeah, it's, know. it's always rough. It's always rough when an artist needs uh, some think, think pieces and books and stuff to like fully realize their artistic vision. You know, right. if it was easy to grasp off the screen, then, 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 you know, you, you wouldn't necessarily, maybe that stuff would enhance your appreciation already, but like, yeah. So I, I think George should have gotten some of his director friends, uh, and some of his people, he's he's collaborated with Screen, and he shouldn't have tried to do the whole thing himself. But yeah. hey, it's his right, it's his creation, it's his baby, um, and he's clearly happy with it, and he's got two billion dollars in the bank. So who am I to say? Damn, he spent uh, a lot. He what?
0: He spent a lot of that money. Didn't he get four billion for the?
1: To Did write he? I thought it was Star two billion Wars? all up for Star Wars, which is still that's that's uh, you know billion here, billion there. Pretty soon you're talking real money, but. uh... <laughs> um Gearbear. apparently someone casting and writing team mando are huge deadwood fans two hits in chapter nine with marshall bullock and bartender dirty dan doherty uh the chapter 12 had a visit from titus welliver aka silas as the overly tan imperial captain uh too much time in the dakotas i guess what are your hopes or chances we might see a mcshane swearingen visit before the season is done after all, the outer rim seems to be filled with plenty of naive cocksuckers for him to take advantage yeah, of financially. Well, right there. Boom. You nailed it. You're not going to see the Ian McShane. You want to see, right? <laughs> not in this show. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Ahsoka the Corks Tano <laughs> is going to square off against and he'll just be like, Ahsoka mm-hmm. the Corks, the Corks Soka. Uh, yeah, it's. I don't know. I, I, I tried. I tried to make it happen. Yeah. Um, I look, I think Ian McShane would be fit this universe like a hand in glove, it, but it's going to be it's going to be the PG version yeah. of Ian McShane. He's not going to be soaking, soaking corks. He's not going to be, you know, uh, uh, talking about whores and, and whatnot. He's going to be but like an a corrupt administrator of some imperial outpost, a For magistrate sure. of some like some kind of like, uh, yeah, leering, drunken. Uh just hard ass. Yeah, I could totally see him in that. And mm-hmm. as long as the Deadwood cast keep wanting to come, uh keep wanting to sign up, the Jim like we didn't we talk about this Jim Beaver? Like it would make a good like mercenary, uh smuggler, uh backwater town governor. Like there's a there's a yeah. lot of colorful characters that you could slot in Star Wars for sure. Um anyway, Steven O says, on this Friday's Mando podcast, you mentioned because of the Thanksgiving holiday, the upcoming and upcoming wedding anniversaries, the Mandalorian podcasts are going to be falling on a Monday for the last two weeks. Um, have you considered shifting your coverage to something more like you did for Game of Thrones? For example, you could release an instant take shortly on Friday uh, after the episode airs and following up another supplemental update on Monday after trolling through the Wikipedia and forums and reddits and whatnot. Um, what do you think? about this suggestion. What do you think about it, Jim? No,
0: I can't do it. I can't do two podcasts on what effectively amounts to a kid's show, a kid's action show. Like I, I get that you want us to do like more research and that could warrant like a Monday release. And it has afforded a little opportunity to do a little more research, um, this week. And it probably will next week as well. But I, I just don't know what the upside here is. Like we'd have to switch our schedule mid, uh, season And, and for what, like, I feel like the value for us, um, is probably going to be in having it out there for people to listen to immediately, uh, as opposed to trying to be some experts on Star Wars, which we're clearly not like we're we have knowledge from, you know, 20 years ago of Star Wars and, and a little bit from the last 20 years, but like, I don't know, like it's a case of like not knowing what I don't know, um. Mm-hmm. Not not being able to research as effectively as some people because I just don't know what to research, uh, right. outside of what they explicitly put into the episode.
1: Yeah, and I'm like I said, I'm curious about some of the stuff, and I'm happy to look into it, like I did um, uh-huh. this particular episode. But yeah, I kind of agree. Like I I like the feel of this is just kind of like too. Kind of Gen X or older millennials uh, who were huge Star Wars fans and kind of like, you know, gone off the path, left the way, aren't following the creed anymore. But we've we've been brought back uh, and we just like talking about talking about Star Wars in context of what we know, because, like, you know, I don't know like the Rebels and Clone Wars. It's too bad. It's too bad they did the legend because, like, I'm a fucking expert in everything that happened from, like, you know, 1977 till... 2001 era star wars uh right but but you know that's like you know so like I, I got some of the deep lore of thrawn already under my belt i have to go read those fucking novels i got them i got them down locked baby mm-hmm. um but yeah i don't know I, that's just the, the feel and the thing is that even with a monday release there's already so many like uh youtube stuff and and people that are like that just kind like, of they, yeah. they don't talk about the art of the show and like the character development it's more of just like Easter egg, Easter egg, Easter egg, Easter egg, reference, reference, Wikipedia, Art, Wikipedia. It's like, fucking watch that, you know? We'll we'll be here talking about how we feel about the characters and the plot. Um And there are a lot of people just like us, right? There are so
0: many you know, Gen Xers, late millennials that are just like look, I stopped following Star Wars twenty years ago, uh, when the prequels came out. Because guess what? That killed a lot of enthusiasm for Star Wars. And they came back Mm -hmm. and they watched one good movie, uh, and they were like, Cool, maybe I'll get back into Star Wars. They watched the second movie and they said no thanks. So like, there there are a bunch of people who are just like us who are like excited for this type of content. And I think I'm fine with that.
1: Yeah, and we'll see. Like I said it's it's rough. I mean, it's it's not something that we haven't thought ourselves. Like, hey, you know, maybe Monday would give us a little bit of this or that, and all. But you know, if you can't if you can't be the most accurate Wikipedia readings are a podcast, you might as well try to be among the first. So yeah. <laughs> since like, nobody has that's I think none of these bastards have screeners, so we pretty much are. Like there's very few people to beat us out the the door yeah. with the with the pods as as it is. Um you know, if like Disney started giving screeners then like that might not be true, but um anyway, appreciate the suggestion. We might take it under advisory in future seasons, but uh I appreciate uh your your suggestions. Vincent L, thanks for covering another show that I watch. I'm a bit worried that once DeMando and Fargo wrap up, there's nothing left for you, uh, you guys to cover. Hopefully, you guys have already something planned that I don't know about yet. Season five of the Expanse, my friend. Yeah. If you like science fiction, holy shit, get yourself and you got you've got Amazon Prime. Have I got a series for you? You think Clone Wars is good? You think Rebels is good? Holy <laughs> moly! step into the expanse. Uh, we are very excited about that. That's, that starts December 16th. We're going to be lot. Li- we're going to be doing watch parties, the, the weekend that they release and watching all of them live with their fans over at twitch.tv slash bald move. Uh, that's going to be the, the late winter, I guess, mid winter content. I honestly have no idea what's going to happen next year. Uh, you know, we, yeah. we have to see the schedules and I know a lot of stuff got pushed back. Uh, there's a the stuff I'm excited about, like foundation series on Apple TV, that looks pretty good. There's a bunch of really cool science fiction that's that's still coming. Uh, best way to keep up with it is subscribe to Bald Move Pulp, Bald Move Prestige and Bald Move on Twitter, Um, because uh, that's where we talk about the, the upcoming stuff. Uh, but yeah, if you subscribe to Pulp and Prestige, you'll automatically get everything. Uh He can sit. He also says, I just want to write in to point out that the cookies baby Yoda stole while in class had to have been Mac." Macaron how do you pronounce the fart? What's it's not macaroons? It's, ma- macarons, yeah. Macarons. Macarons. Which, which is my <laughs> sure, that's my American mac-a-ron's. pronunciation of
0: a French word. So uh
1: just a few weeks removed from Nurse Mayflower baking macarons for Dr. Harvard is quite the connection. Hopefully these yeah. weren't poisoned, though Baby Yoda did puke at the end. Holy shit! Mayflower confer on on the Star Wars canon confirmed. No, uh-huh. not a legend. This is a bunch of Fargo stuff. There's no, there's how no much crossover. The, like, zero. I, I think the crossover between Star Wars fans and Fargo fans is Vincent. That he is the one yeah. on the Venn diagram. That's that's both of them. Over. That's why they call it the Venn diagram. It stands for Vincent. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, Vin. You're 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 the definition. You're you're mm-hmm. the the connection point. Uh, Jay. Star Wars is something very special to me, especially the Clone Wars. So you can imagine my excitement when Ahsoka was announced for the season. Let me just say this episode is pretty underwhelming. I understand it is an Ahsoka story, but she's barely even a character. It seems like this was just a setup so she can reunite with Thrawn and Ezra from Rebels. Uh, And since it's been 10 years since her last chronological appearance at the end of the Star Wars Rebels, I would have thought she'd gotten somewhat wiser. But as someone who's loved Ahsoka for over 12 years, this didn't exactly hit the mark for me, which is disappointing. I still love the show and thought this episode was the weakest since chapter five, but maybe they just have rough luck with episode fives. Who knows? Ooh, Hmm. interesting episode five theory. Um, This might be the downside of being a little too up on the lore that, you know, uh, a guest appearance from another like, you know, tangential Star Wars universe is going to be hyped up as to be the be all end all. And in reality, it's 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 just kind of like a a side reference. Um, You know, it's kind of like the people that are like uh, there was some rebound disappointment when Ahsoka was mentioned and then immediately not fallen up on, you know, like um, whereas I'm just like, oh, yeah, I thought Rosera Dawson looked like Ahsoka and she acted like Ahsoka. She's that that disillusioned kind of embittered former Jedi. That's kind of like, you know, I'm going to fight my one woman. battle to get justice in this universe for whoever i can get it and i thought all that came across but again you know i haven't spent all seven seasons with her plus the rebels so
0: yeah that's you know that's a question of like um you mentioned in there that you were hoping she would have got a little more wise uh since we last saw her in the rebel stuff like is that is that gonna feel natural like if she comes on screen and she's not the same character that you know from that is that going to feel like a betrayal uh like oh they did this character wrong or are we going to be able to assume that she's learned a bunch of stuff since then right and has evolved uh i I could see that being kind of a double-edged sword like oh, it would be cool if she had evolved during that time but also fans didn't get to see that so
1: maybe she hasn't they're saving all that character development for the hunt for thrawn featuring ahsoka that's uh-huh. debuting on Disney Plus exclusively in the fall of t- 2021. So oh, you're, they're going to get out that soon. Damn, I was thinking like 2023. <laughs> maybe 2022. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, oh, no, no way. The mouse moves fast. Yeah, the mouse. The mouse has got stole the shoes from Sonic the Hedgehog, and it it can it's nimble, nimble and quick for a multi billion hmm. dollar company. Sure. Uh, Dan, the last episode I sent. Was or this last episode is the one I was hoping for when I sent the last email. Dan was one of the uh, disillusioned Ahsoka uh, hopefuls. Nice. I would humbly like to toot my horn a bit with getting Ahsoka before Fett and mm-hmm. even the Thrawn reference. But aside from that, I'm wondering if this, since this is Disney's only show, they milk this for all it's worth and keep the live action going with a search for Thrawn. Hey, that's exactly what I yeah. d- 100%, of course. Um, yeah, no, I, there's almost 0% chance that we do not get a greenlit series featuring, you know, Rosario Dawson within the next two years. I just don't buy it. Or a movie like a Star Wars, so- yeah. you know, story. Um, I also feel that Grogu is a letdown for Baby Yoda's name. Is Fett going to take up the final few episodes or do we tease him with a glowing pair of red eyes in the final episode of the season as a way to bring us back for more next year? I got it. I got the perfect setup. You know how... Wait right on me. How the Mandalorians have been like the drop
0: troopers of this whole show. Like every time yep. you need to get Mando out of a sticky situation, boom, 15 drop Mandos. Ma- drop Mandos fly in. What if you did drop Jedi's? What if you had him take Grogu to this mountaintop, uh, seeing stone place? Boba Fett follows them there. Boba Fett's going to kill Mando because we no- all know Boba Fett is more of a badass than Din Jar and whatever. And then boom yoda's communicating with the force 50 jedi
1: drop down and save mando's ass from and and run boba fett off the planet hell yeah man drop jedi i love it how do they drop they drop from like a like a helicopter type of thing like yeah a literal an AT, an at an helicopter <laughs>
0: it's got the legs of an ATST. <laughs> it's a chicken walker with propeller on the top essentially.
1: You know what? My cousins and I, we had my older cousin had an AT an AT walker, but we didn't really have a lot of big starships. And a okay. lot of times we would fold up the Adat Walker's legs so <laughs> uh-huh. that their big feet pointed backwards, like four smoke. And we pretended like nice, like the Adat could transform into starship mode and drive around. And that made me, I'm thinking like an Adat Walker with its legs straight up in the air and its like claws extended, and there's blades and it's a it's a rotating quadcopter. I can see it, it, man. Yeah, shit, get air hogs to build one. You can like it's <laughs> going to be on the store shelves, twenty nine ninety nine at Walmart's around the country next year. Um I yeah. I like I was going for an orbital strike Jedi, like a like mm-hmm. Halo OSJ type of thing, but yeah, all them all piling over uh, <laughs> just dropping out of a bunch of AT ATs rigged up as ospreys. I love it. I love it. Love I it. love it. I can't do it. I can't improve that theory. Um seriously though, do you think that we're gonna get I think we're gonna get Boba Fett before the end of the season.
0: Yeah, yeah. At least another whiff I of think him,
1: certainly. I'm like eighty five percent sure. Um that, that we're gonna get some 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 more boba fett more than just the glowing red eyes, some some actually movement on it. Maybe it's a cliffhanger for the end of season two, but like mm-hmm. something more than this him being a shadowy figure. But yeah. I don't know. That's fifteen percent chance of me being completely wrong and cover my ass. So uh <laughs> Debbie says it seems that there's internet the internet is a buzz with people upset at Grogu's name. Who cares? People are taking this way too seriously. Grogu makes as much sense for a name as Din Djarin, Bo-Katan, or Ahsoka Tano. Debbie's singing out of my hymnal. Uh, His name isn't going to be Yoda Jr., Sam, or Jason. What do people want? He's never going to be happy with any name, whatever it was. I do believe this. I don't know what the name is that everyone prefers over Baby Yoda. Fair. Like, I don't have a good Baby Yoda name
0: in my head. I just know that it's not Grogu. Yoba. Mm, Yiddle's too close to Diddle and it's a baby yoga Hi. i don't like that yahoo yoga
1: <laughs> no not yoga yo-yo uh-huh yo-yo ma I, yeah I just, uh, it's, it's, it's tough we had the perfect name baby yoda but they couldn't because it's ridiculous go with that right. name so we get something that's inferior i mean we'll just keep calling it. I'm, I'm actually just going to keep calling it baby yoda like you know this is now the Baby Yoda yeah. uh, truther podcast. Grogu didn't happen. It's all fake news. We're just going to keep living in the world where we got Mando and Baby Yoda, and that's how we like it. I just, uh, I can't,
0: I can't get the, the idea out of my head that Grogu is what Jabba the Hutt calls his semen. Like, I, I don't <laughs> like it. It's, it's, it just doesn't, nothing about saying that name yeah. feels
1: right or good. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're you're right. You're not you're not wrong. Let's we'll say we'll we'll leave with that. Um, if people want to say it took too long to reveal his name, Deb continues. Debbie continues. Again, these people can just stop. What I really loved about this episode is the way his name is revealed. It's obvious that Grogu doesn't have much in the way of communicating verbally, uh, so bringing in a Jedi who can use the Force to speak to him is a really neat and interesting way of communicating to me as someone who doesn't know too much about the Star Wars universe. There needed to be a character development and a reason to go seek out the Jedi to give this type of reveal without the other parts of this journey. This art could have seemed rushed or oddly nonsensical, but it makes sense to me is why they waited so long. And I hope many others can appreciate the journey we have been on and accept Grogu for who he is. Um, yeah, you know, that's the other thing It's like, I do think that regardless of what his name, you know, it is cool that like, there's a reaction from baby Yoda to getting called his proper name. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, uh, uh, it delights him to be, you know, referred to by by his name and not as Kid or Hey or You or It or Baby Yoda. So, uh-huh. and re- tough, tough titties. If I was interviewing him, I'd call him his name, but he's going to be Baby Yoda from this point on in the podcast. So, I mean, aside from a few like, well, okay, let, let's
0: be honest, uh, several uh, excursions on side missions, they revealed the name as soon as they possibly could. Like you don't have an opportunity in the story that they are telling right. to learn talk, Grogu's yeah. name, yeah, until you meet up with another Jedi, and it it seems a little like you. It, I wouldn't want to if I were writing this. Immediately toss another Jedi into the fold here, so like but, midway through season two. On I don't know how long the run is going to be, but let's say it's you know Clone Wars Rebels, ask like five seven seasons somewhere in there. Like this doesn't feel like a bad
1: time to do it. Do you think that um, it is interesting that baby Yoda is still at a baby level, you know, Mm -hmm. like a toddler level 50 years into his development. Do you think some of his memory goes dark is like literally you're not supposed to understand that Yoda's species matures this slowly? They're long lived Sure. But it's more of like he's been in stasis getting his blood drained or something for 45 of those 50 years. Uh,
0: So his development's a little stunted.
1: Yeah, yeah, because like you know, obviously we saw the Jedi Temple, the Younglings—they're they're they're all toddlers, you know. There's a lot of baby, kind of like relatively speaking, babies in there. I can see Baby Yoda in that crowd, Um, but like it's it's just weird to me that like this would take it takes you 50 years to grasp basic. What the shit, man? Like, yeah. That's like beyond the slow bloomer. That's like you got develop. You're some kind of. It takes you 900 years. You old you may be, but you spend the first 850 in diapers. It doesn't count, man. <laughs> right. I was trying to like, like pace out the
0: lifespan uh, of these creatures.
1: Yeah, because he's still like. Yeah. It's not
0: even that he hasn't mentally developed. Uh, it's also that he hasn't physically developed past a baby for 50 years. Right, so, right. Like he's still tiny compared to Yoda, and he, you know he's. He's apparently not going to change appearance much. He's just going to get bigger, mm-hmm. but man, he's only got eight hundred and fifty years to do it. And Yoda was an
1: exceptionally old uh, member of his species, right? So, so, it seems like you don't. You know, that's a weird. If he, if he's like middle age, the you know, when nine hundred years old, you is a weird flex, you know. Right, right. So yeah, I yeah. assume like uh,
0: maybe he just shoots up. Maybe this is like ultra hormone, uh, ultra puberty. Or, like, one day Baby Yoda looks like Baby Yoda, the next day he's the size of
1: regular Yoda. HDH. It's huge Grogu hormone they're going to inject him. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah, they
0: inject him with that Grogu, and he grows real
1: fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's going to get swole. Going to get uh, Master Swolda. <laughs> um, anyway, Debbie with the Hammer says, I guess I could be biased. as someone with the legal first name of Debbie constantly getting grouped in with the Debras and... The Deborahs and Deborahs of the world has left me a bit of perspective with people and their names, especially seeing how much Grogu lit up with joy when Mando said his name. See, see, doesn't and doesn't anyone, everyone watch The Mandalorian to see Baby Yoda smile? Hard to argue with you, Debbie. True. Hard to argue with you there. Uh, Thomas Wisso once again comes back with just want to drop a little new canon update on Admiral Thrawn name checked by Ahsoka in this episode. Of course, in the previous now-legendary continuity, Grand Admiral Thrawn was one of the highest-ranking officials to survive Endor. He rallied the forces of the Empire to present a fairly significant challenge to the New Republic and our main trio of heroes, Luke Han and Leia, before being assassinated by his own shadow guard at Leia's behest. It was so artfully done, though. (laughs) So artfully done. Uh, He had a unique methodology when it came to strategy and often tied his psychology of enemies to their species art. He's also one of the very few non-humans to rise in Palpatine's empire. In the new continuity, Thrawn instead crosses paths with Palpatine much earlier and is active pre-A New Hope. I thought he was active pre A New Hope before. He was just out on the outer, you know, th- like uh, Palpatine sent him in the outer rim, like an mm-hmm. extra gal- galactic expedition. They kind of like get the one non-human out of his inner circle so to, to get the heat off of him, but, but still keep him kind of close. Mm -hmm. Am I am I insane? Did I forget all? Did I got did I get Joris Kaboth and I've gone insane? (laughs) I don't remember. Um, He's largely unchanged character wise from the old EU. His fleet crosses past the rebels' gang, who by this point has joined up with Ahsoka. At the end, the rebels, thrown and the main character Ezra Bridger, a Padawan the same age as Luke, are sent out into unknown space in a last ditch effort, aided by hyperspace hyperspace traveling space whales. Okay. This is still the extra galactic. I, I, I feel like the, mm-hmm. the the canon has not changed as much, perhaps, as, as we might be led to believe. Uh, Ahsoka and Sabine Wren, a Mandalorian, are shown searching for them in the finale of Rebels. I couldn't be more excited about the return of Thrawn. He's easily my favorite EU character, quite sim- possibly simply my favorite Star Wars character. Here's hoping we see more of the blue-skinned bastard.
0: We will, whether it's this show or the next.
1: I, I think I agree. I think... Um, it's gotta be Kyle Katarn or Admiral Thrawn is my favorite kind of EU Legends character. I really loved Thrawn. It was really cool to see him in the old TIE Fighter game. Uh he was in the uh, if I recall right, he was in the introductor introduction or maybe he was in the expansion. But yeah. I I thought I, he's a he's a cool dude. Uh mm-hmm. like he's a he's like a Bond villain in the Star Wars universe, and that's yeah. that's really cool. So um he's also not like evil you know like he's not like he he's a good effective leader he's not going to strangle you for disobedience right you know if you just make a mistake it's stupid you punish you for stupidity sure but like making mistakes not so much his evil is grander
0: uh as is his yeah title. He's, a,
1: he's a very lawful evil um
0: oh i just mean this the scale of his evil is is grander ah <laughs> uh, i
1: see it's, it's, it's like as the uniform itself yeah uh, finally, David in Vermont, longtime club member and excited gift exchange participant. Uh, oh, this is jabbed on tw- uh, on Twitter and the, the, all the the the
0: and Twitch and all yeah, the places sure.
1: Twitch. Yeah, hmm. something caught my eye in this last episode: a guard on the wall with a handheld scanner tracking Mando's ship as they were landing on Corvus. This was such a Star Wars moment I wanted to call out. The guard on Corvus calls directly to several scenes of rebel soldiers on Yavin Ford doing similar in the previous movies. Yeah. To me, this points to the attention to detail that Filoni and Favreau are bringing to the show and the franchise as a whole. I can't help but think that the double Fs are serious about rehabilitating the entire franchise with this show as a catalyst. That's kind of like the theory we're we're rounding into in this podcast. And also the double Fs, interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. It kind of implies... Larger failure, but you know, Uh maybe it's opposite world and the double F's are going to be A pluses. Uh, Doing this on TV is really smart. The scripts are are written so that new and casual fans can engage and enjoy. Also, the scripts have a level of depth that super fans can totally groove on. That is interesting because you're right. Like, There's something for everyone. If you like cute baby things, there's Baby Yoda. If you like badass bounty hunters, there's the Mando. If you like pretty boys, there's uh, the Marshall, if you like pretty girls, there's Ahsoka and the Cara Dune. Uh, like it is almost designed to wrap parents up in their children's th- stuff, you know, like it's it's really a cross generational piece of family entertainment. Yeah. Disney um, <laughs> in a nutshell. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is essentially he's making the same MCU point that we were talking about uh, and who's better than a fan's fan to do this? Unlike the Double Ds, the Fs are well-versed in experience in creating content for this world, and my money is on them taking this as a significant step in rehabbing and eventually taking over the entire franchise. Although, to be fair to the Double Ds, this would be similar as if George Lucas was writing the Star Wars m- m- movies, and then he stopped halfway through Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. and they had to figure out the, pre- the, the sequels on their own, which... <laughs> Kind of feels like what actually happened, to be honest. Like, <laughs> shit. Let's just finish this thing, guy, by committee, and just hand off between directors and fumble the ball a couple times. Like, you know, it's yeah. Um, but yeah, and then you know, the you know, like uh, if if all they if all the double Fs had to go on was like two and a half movies, and like, you know, a couple of. Uh, uh, you, like like if if all of the expanding universe wasn't there to kind of pillage for cool ideas and concepts and stuff it's it's a lot harder like what they were doing is a lot harder there's still and, bastards and if they
0: had had promised like oh we'll we'll have it done by the time you get there you know we're we're writing and then we'll we're producing and yeah by the time you guys even need to deal with this it won't be a problem anymore so get to work and then yeah. you know got- 5 6 years later they realize "oh shit you haven't written a word you haven't done a yeah. damn thing now we have to make all yeah. this up we didn't sign up for this"
1: Yeah, because I, I do think the Double Ds are big fans of George Martin's work. It's just George Martin stopped doing it. So, yeah. Anyway, I think we can all agree we dodged a bullet. The, them getting their grubby mitts, getting their getting their grubby mitts off of Star Wars. That was uh, yeah. a, a real dodge bullet. Uh, th- and, and honestly, it feels like that's this has been good for Star Wars, like canceling all these planned trilogies getting rid re- yeah. like you know go back to basics get the star wars fans involved rebuild the the empire write the sinking ship and then once you have this like renewed small screen enthusiasm relaunch you know mm-hmm. uh with with the movies and probably take over the world who knows uh yeah it's, it's a hard though Mando- oh, i'm sorry i
0: was gonna say that's a hard decision to make too if you're disney because those movies made billions of dollars it's not like
1: yeah they the star wars movies are a exactly. failure
0: financially um it's just that they could have ridden that into the ground, and they could have continued to do it, and eventually enthusiasm would have been killed. But instead, they saw the writing on the wall. They went back, and they're they're trying to write that ship, like you said. And I, you know, I have some respect for it. just the the decision making required to do that.
1: Yeah, I bet DC Warner Brothers wished they had some kind of proving ground that was had a huge subscriber base, just because of their you know Disney Vault. If they, they, the Warner Brothers had a vault. That they could exclusively, you know, um, I, I, they wish they had something like this that they could go and kind of retool and then relaunch. Um, yeah, because because they don't have that. And it's been, a, you know, bumpy ride over on that side of the franchise wars. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that'll do it for the Mando this week uh, again next week. I have my fourth wedding anniversary, so we're going to be out of uh, we're going we're gonna to be out of uh, commission. We're going to be celebrating that instead of watching Mandalorian, believe it or not. Uh, so we'll have another installment of The Mandalorian. Uh, will come out Monday. Uh, then we'll be back to a regular Friday release schedule through the holiday season, um, and uh, uh, uh and and beyond. So we'll be back to Fridays after that. But yeah, look for us on Monday next week. Um, send in your feedback to Mando at and dot com. Uh, and uh, we will see you next week. Until yeah, next Monday. Until then, I'm Aaron and I'm Jim i see ya.